Hello everybody and welcome back to the UK podcast. This week's episode is all about stereotypes and cannabis. In this episode, I'll tell you the definition of stereotype, I'll read some common stereotypes and misconceptions, and I also have some comments from my Facebook thread from this week. We can run through that, and I also have an awesome article from one of my absolute favourite activists. So, I hope you're all well, and I hope you're all ready to be shocked a little, because I know I was. Anyway, let's get on into the episode. So, what does stereotype mean? The definition of stereotype is a widely held but fixed and oversimplified image or idea of a particular type of person or thing. So straight off the bat there, let me give you an example. To say all hippies are stoners or vice versa, that right there is a stereotype and a popular one at that. Let's look at some other examples of cannabis stereotypes, okay? So people who smoke pot are dangerous criminals. People who smoke pot are lazy. Cannabis is a gateway drug that leads to harder drugs, so people who use cannabis must use other drugs. Stoners aren't successful. People who smoke pot don't have a job or money. All stoners are bums. People who smoke pot are bad people. People who smoke weed have mental health problems. Now, let that sink in for a second. There's obviously more than that, but you get the picture, right? Now, all of us stoners know that these stereotypes are absolute bullshit, For a start, I'm not lazy and I'm not a bum. I've never touched another psychoactive drug in all of my life besides cannabis. I'm successful and I'm a good person to my absolute core. I'd also like to add that some people use cannabis to benefit their mental health. They don't have mental health because of their cannabis, but they use it to help with their mental health. Let's be real, it's 2020, we're all human. What human isn't struggling with their mental health right now, right? So that's a common stereotype slash misconception. Now, I don't ever think that we'll ever stop being stereotyped. There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to judge. But what we can do about it is be aware of our actions as cannabis consumers. And we can do our best to educate people about that. So the best thing to educate them on is that we are not their stereotype. Even the legalisation of cannabis has done very little to decrease the stereotyping surrounding cannabis. I just wanted to do this episode, really, to raise awareness about it and hopefully anyone who has stereotyped a cannabis consumer before will, one, think about it before they do it next time and two, hopefully enjoy this episode and the next episode that I've got in store where we're going to have a very special guest, my very first guest, And we're going to be discussing the topic of successful stoners. So make sure you stay tuned for that one, okay? Now, this isn't going to be a very long episode. I knew that when I went into it. You know, what can I really say about stereotyping? I'm pretty sure you all know what stereotyping is. And I'm pretty sure you know that most cannabis consumers get stereotyped at one point. But like I say, I put a post upon Facebook. I got a few comments on the thread. So we're just going to go through that and see what our conclusion is at the end and I've also got a really good article as well so let's just go over to Facebook for a second so I asked people on my Facebook for their help for input into this episode and they had a few responses so here's what people had to say okay so one of my beautiful friends Steph her mum said that cannabis is bad despite growing up in a generation where drugs were used heavily she always says it's a gateway drug and it will lead on to worse things 
Personally, I think it's ace. Although I've never used it, I can fully appreciate its benefits and how the reputation it's been given over the years is totally undeserved. And what I commented back to Steph was that I really, really needed to meet our Janice <laughs> because I am the epitome of cannabis is not a gateway drug. Like I said, I have never ever touched any other substance, bar, coffee, alcohol, tobacco, and obviously like if I've needed hospital. I very rarely take medication drugs, for example. Uh, you know, like over the counter, that's, that's, that's a rarity for me. Unless I absolutely need it, I don't take it. So, you know, to say that cannabis leads on to heavier substances, it's a complete and utter myth. So, next one. I will do this anonymously because I didn't ask this person if I could use their response, although maybe I should. <laughs> anyway, my friend said that they have dreads, so everyone assumes she's a pothead. She likes to smoke and she takes FICO daily for her seizures and cancer. She's a mum of four, she's serious, and she's not just a stoner, and people don't get that. And my response to that was that's basically just that it's really unfair for people to make that assumption, one, just because you've got dreadlocks. Like, I know people who've had dreadlocks, got dreadlocks, that don't even touch cannabis at all. So, you know, is that saying everyone who has dreads smokes weed? It's like, come on guys, don't be so quick to throw us under that umbrella. Anyway, the next comment was actually off my dearly beloved <laughs> and he wanted a little bit of a shout out in this episode. So David, this is for you. I love you. He said, what about the stereotype that stoners are lazy and bums? You could do the contradiction that people in higher power positions that smoke on a regular basis and are fully productive. Now, like I said already, that is something that's going to be discussed in our next episode with my guest speaker, and we're going to be talking about successful stoners. It's going to be an amazing episode, and I'm sure your minds will be blown. So, David, next episode's for you. And then, in this thread, I also asked um, if people had any general questions about cannabis, and David also asked, what about the balance of CBD and THC for productivity? What do I look for in a strain, etc.? And then he said he has another question about cannabis, and it, that is, what ways can I take cannabis besides smoking it as I don't smoke? So, to answer question one, about the balance of CBD and THC for productivity, depending on the strain, everybody is different. So, everybody, for every need, would need a different strain. So, one strain that would work for me, that would make me productive, for example, might not make you feel the same. So... Because we're still stuck in an illegal market at the moment, it'd be very hard to try and find the right strain for you. What would be helpful for that situation would be a dispensary. Um, somebody who knows where the, the weed's grown, where it comes from, how it's being grown, its concentration of cannabinoids to terpenes, etc. Because if you listen to my terpene episode, um, all the terpenes and cannabinoids work together in synergy. So that causes them to be either, you know, um, a lesser strength or a higher strength. And that differs for every person. So I couldn't tell you about the balance of CBD and THC for productivity. But what I can do in my blog post, I will share some examples of strain of the day that was shared on Facebook by another one of my beautiful friends, Crystal. She runs Canna Beauty and she has her page where she does like strain of the day. She does like product reviews, talks about all the different, you know, where you can find these different strains. It's really, really interesting. So I'll share that information in my blog because obviously I can't read through it all now. And... To answer what ways can I take cannabis besides smoking as I don't smoke, 
Well, if you don't smoke, there are many, many, many other ways that you can consume cannabis. And this will probably be a completely different episode on its own. But just, just to run through a few, if you don't like to smoke, for example, you could eat it in an edible, you could take a capsule, you could use an oil, you could put it in your drink, you could use it as a topical on your skin. Um, vaping and smoking can be similar, but if you don't like to smoke but you don't mind to vape, you could also vape it. There are a few ways of consuming cannabis that actually don't get you high as well, but these methods are hard to come by in this country because for one of the methods, a lot, a lot of cannabis is needed and that is for raw juicing. I know that raw juicing cannabis is a, a way of getting the nutrients inside your body but without getting you high and that's because it's, it's raw. You basically put the buds into a blender and mix it up into a juice. Now, because it's raw and it's basically cold, it's not being decarboxylated so the cannabinoids aren't being activated in it so therefore would not get you high but to make cannabis juice that you could drink two to three times a day you would need an awful lot of raw material um, and another way of doing it that wouldn't get you high would be to use cannabis suppositories now <laughs> i'm not an expert on that but i've listened to cannabis health radio and i've recommended those to you guys before there's been quite a few guests on their podcast that have used suppositories and again if it's put in just the right way and just the right place it does allow you to use THC without getting the high effect from it. It has something to do with being either processed through your liver enzymes or not being processed through your liver enzymes. So interesting fact for you if you didn't know that there are ways to consume cannabis without getting high. So thank you so much babe for asking me those questions and giving me something to talk about. Um, yeah, shout out to David. This episode is for you. Um, next, we had somebody called Ian Dawson. I don't recall knowing Ian personally, but he was ever so kind to comment on my post. And he replied to um, a comment on a comment, if that makes sense. Ian commented, remember to add that the fastest man in water and the fastest man on foot both use recreational cannabis and have a ridiculous amount of Olympic gold medals between them. Now, that's freaking amazing. And my response to Ian was, hold tight, it's coming next week. Well, not next week, but next episode, which is in two weeks. So like I say, next episode in two weeks time is going to be about successful stoners. And we will go all into that. The next comment that I got on my post on Facebook was from one of my, like I said before, one of my absolute favorite activists, his name is Simper and I'm super stoked whenever Simper's name pops up on my profile because I've followed him on social media for a long time now. I think he's super inspirational and yeah, he's just a super cool guy. You should go and follow him, Simper Carter, at The Simper Life. He said, I wrote a piece for iSmoke about this in 2017. So I said, awesome, do you mind if I reference you? And he said, no, that's all good. <laughs> So what I'm basically going to do now for the rest of this episode is I'm going to read Simper's article. It's not the longest article in the world. I'm not going to keep you for an extended period of time, but I just thought it would be a little bit of insight. One, it'll help my episode. Two, it will make you want to go and follow Simper even more. You can also go over to iSmoke um, and find Simper's articles. Simper has done regular articles for iSmoke for the last couple of years now. Now this article is from 2017, but he does have some newer ones on there and covers all different topics and he really does go into detail. So next I'm going to read Simper's article. So sit back, 
light a spliff and enjoy this, okay? It says, Today on iSmoke, we'll be taking a look at how the mainstream media's negative stereotyping and far too often derogatory portrayal of cannabis consumers is causing more harm than good. In some ways, we have come a long way from reefer madness and the days of one puff and you're hooked propaganda. However, misinformation and cannabis demonetization continue with the proliferation of these negative stereotypes that do nothing but continue to perpetuate the stigma around cannabis consumption and those who enjoy it. If the only experience you have of someone high on cannabis is a depiction on screen, then you could be forgiven for believing that all stoners are afflicted with the short attention span and inability to maintain a conversation and rather more totally limited vocabulary. This is fundamentally untrue. As many of you will be aware, a great number of writers, novelists and authors have consumed and continue to consume cannabis while still producing timeless literary works. William Shakespeare, cited as the greatest writer in the history of the English language, is believed to have consumed cannabis, which in his day would not have suffered the same degree of odium as today. Pipes found in the bard's former property were found to have cannabis residue still inside them. We'll let him off. They probably didn't have the isopropyl alcohol to keep it clean back then. Alexandra Dumas, the man behind the literary classics The Three Musketeers and The Count of Monte Cristo, often meet up with fellow French authors to enjoy hashish, which had recently become popular in France following the invasion of Egypt by Napoleon. Howard Marks wrote many books about his own adventures as well as many works of fiction. It's difficult to imagine that Mr Nice would have been any less masterful of the English language or have lived any less of a life worth reading about in the absence of his daily cannabis consumption. He's quoted to have said, I am sure we were meant to take drugs because otherwise we wouldn't get stoned. Lee Child, the writer of Jack Reacher novels, which has sold some 70 million plus books, which have in recent years been made into a movie starring Scientology poster boy Tom Cruise, admits he keeps his writing razor sharp by working while high on cannabis and even claims it should be compulsory. Hunter S. Thompson, the eccentric father of the gunzo journalism movement and the author of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Hell's Angels and The Rum Diary, was a proponent of many mind-altering substances and rather a fan of cannabis. He was quoted to have said, I have always loved marijuana. It has been a source of joy and comfort to me for many years and I still think of it as a basic staple of life, along with beer and ice and grapefruits and millions of Americans agree with me. Hunter's widow is also apparently planning to release some of the strains from her late husband's personal garden. Francis Crick, one of the 1962 Nobel Prize winning team behind the discovery of the double helix shape of DNA, indulged and was a firm advocate of cannabis and was even a founding member of the cannabis legalization group SOMA. Crick also credited LSD with aiding in the discovery of the elusive DNA model. Carl Sagan, the famed astrophysicist was a staunch advocate of the legalization of cannabis. He even penned a letter in 1969 under the pseudonym Mr. X, which was later published in a 1971 book, Marijuana Reconsidered. Bill Gates, the famed billionaire behind the ubiquitous and instantly recognizable brand Microsoft, voted yes to pass Initiative 502, legalizing cannabis for recreational use in his home of Washington State of 2012 and is now working with a Los Angeles-based startup, Kind, 
a financial business founded in 2013 with the mission to make it easier for cannabis-related businesses to make safe and secure transactions within the law. Kind will be running software used for governments in Microsoft's cloud. And then there's a link for that. So I'll put the link in my blog post, okay? And then Bill Gates is quoted as saying, as for drugs, well, marijuana was a pharmaceutical of choice. So that says a lot, right? Timothy Leary, the American psychologist and writer, is most well known for wanting to turn on the world with LSD in the 1960s. Is arguably one of the most influential people in the 20th century, shaping cultural and political trends for decades to come. Tim was also an avid proponent of cannabis, famously even reshaping modern US law, when in 1969 he took his own cannabis arrest court case to the highest body of legal authority, the US Supreme Court, where he successfully argued that the Marijuana Tax Act was flawed because in order to pay the tax, we'd have to incriminate yourself. This broke the US Constitution, violating the Fifth Amendment. This paradox was accepted as pre-judicial and he won a unanimous verdict forcing the American legal system to draft what became the Drug Abuse Prevention and Control Act of 1970, which still stands to this day, until someone challenges it. Far too often, cannabis consumers are still depicted in popular culture as unmotivated, lazy, weak and undisciplined. Tell that to the fastest man on earth and multiple gold medal winning athlete Usain Bolt and the most decorated Olympian of all time, Michael Phelps, who both enjoyed cannabis recreationally, as does Canadian gold medal winning snowboarder Ross Rabagliati. UFC fighters Nick Diaz and Ronda Rousey have both come out as advocates of cannabis for use after fighting in aid of healing. Basketball player Cliff Robinson, 2006 Tour de France winner Floyd Landis. Ultra marathoner Avery Collins, who runs 100 plus miles while high, all utilise cannabis, as do a growing number of NFL players. Not one of those athletes would I ever consider weak, lazy or unmotivated. Cannabis consumers are wasters, dropouts and never amount to anything. This is another vicious myth that needs to be expunged from our culture. Several American presidents all consumed cannabis and went on to what the Americans consider to be the best job in the land. So what's the problem? There are also innumerable successful businessmen who have also enjoyed the company of Mary Jane while in the boardroom. George Zimmer, the former men's warehouse CEO, confessed to half a century-long relationship with the plant. George is worth in the area of $150 million, so who's the loser, right? Steve Jobs, the visionary behind many of Apple's devices, admitted to smoking cannabis when he was younger to relax and that he regularly enjoyed eating cannabis and using drugs like LSD to help open his mind and expand his consciousness. Michael Bloomberg, former three-term mayor of New York and head of Bloomberg Media Company, is quoted when interviewed by New York Magazine and asked if he had ever smoked marijuana as famously answering, you bet I did, and I enjoyed it. His current net worth is $50 billion, with a B. Silicon Valley is, of course, considered to be a hive of intellectual activity, technological innovations and creative next-generation revolutions. This does not sit well with the narrative that the cannabis dulls the consumer's mind and dampens their creative capacity. Cannabis has positively been contributing into the music industry for easily a century now, and since first exploding into the jazz scene, it has revolutionised the music genres around the globe, further defying the prohibitionist narrative of being a demon weed. 
Movies are not immune from perpetuating popular misconceptions and can often be the primary vessel for perpetuating propaganda. For decades, Hollywood has been portraying cannabis consumers as paranoid, irresponsible, incompetent, both mentally and emotionally, stunted imbeciles with poor posture, dirty clothes, a forgetful nature and who are constantly switching between being obsessed with food and manically laughing. The movies of the past quarter century have also done their part to perpetuate further the negative image that was well established by their predecessors. The likes of Cheech and Chong, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Dazed and Confused and the Bill and Ted movies all helped to plant the seeds of prejudice in fertile new minds. Also films like Dude Where's My Car, Puff Puff Pass, Dazed and Confused, How High, Half Baked, Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood, Grandma's Boy, The Trilogies of Friday, The Harold and Kumar movies, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Mac and Dev Go to High School, Pineapple Express, Although these films are all comical in nature, they still portray, for the most part, cannabis use and its users in outdated, often offensive, negative stereotypes. TV has also played its part in the demonisation of cannabis culture. The same attitudes and ideologies permeates into the world of small screen entertainment as much as it does with the big screen. Although never directly mentioned or addressed, there are many TV shows with characters consuming or being inferred to be under the influence of cannabis with them ultimately being depicted as being negatively impaired by its side effects. TV shows like that 70s show Scooby-Doo, Beavis and Butthead had all dopey protagonists teaching the youth the previous generation's prejudices. An interesting exception to this trend is Popeye, who is visibly enhanced by his implied consumption. So as cannabis continues to gain cultural acceptance, the public perception is gradually changing and as always network executives tv producers movie directors and general entertainment corporations are paying attention and slowly cottoning on to the potential profits of exploiting cannabis culture by creating neutral and positive content about cannabis consumption and the wider culture now with less comical shows and more factual programs such as weedicut to cooking programs like Bong Appetit, which have evolved from the stereotype of Shaggy and Scooby rooting around the kitchen of whatever haunted mansion they'd been forced to explore, to connoisseurs dining on gourmet meals made by guest chefs with a myriad of medicated ingredients and infusions of all kinds with extracts and oils. TV shows that depict cannabis use in a comical way, but that doesn't stigmatise or pigeonhole the stars in a negative way, are emerging slowly from the remnants of the old Hollywood clichés. Shows like MTV's Mary and Jane and HBO's comedy series High Maintenance are both comedies which are set to pave the way to the normalisation of cannabis on television in the US, and eventually we can hope someday to the UK too. And that is signed at the bottom, Simper DCCC. Now, DCCC stands for Durham City Cannabis Club, and that is because Simpa runs, and I'm sure he was the founder of Durham City Cannabis Club, okay? So that was an article from back in 2017. He covered quite a bit there for us, and it gives you a little taste about what my episode is going to be like next time. And I just hope that next time, before you think about stereotyping someone, that you just think, don't bother because I can tell you pretty much you're going to be 100% wrong of what your stereotype is. So if you're still with me, thank you so much. I greatly, greatly appreciate you. Make sure you go and follow at The Simple Life or Simple Carter or Durham City Cannabis Club. 
look out for Simper's brand new podcast called The Simper Life. He's a great guy and he's got a great deal to say, as you can probably tell. I butchered some of his words in that article, but I'm sure anyone would (laughs) read an article by Simper. He's very, very smart, so he knows bigger words than most of us. So if you were able to understand me, that's awesome. If you weren't able to understand me or continue to listen to my voice reading that article, I will pop the link to the article in my blog so that you can also give it a read over there. I'm hoping to get Simper on this podcast at some point, but you'll have to bear with me because he's very, very busy and he's a very, very sought after guy. So hopefully he can be one of my guests at one point. No, he's not my guest for next time, unfortunately, but my guest next episode is going to be just as special and I love her just as much, if not more. Okay, so I really hope you enjoyed this episode and more than anything I hope that you've learned something or been able to take something from it. If you'd like to add anything or even be a guest on the UK podcast please get in touch. You can find me and us on social media at the UK podcast so that includes Facebook, Instagram, um, I'm not on Twitter really. My personal page on Twitter exists but I I haven't tweeted anything, so (laughs) I'm not very good at that. I I feel like I'm too old for Twitter, um, even though, yeah, I just, I'm I'm not really down with the kids on there. I don't really like the drama that that revolves around Twitter, so I kind of stay off it, but I do have a personal page. I think it's jess.gelling, so if you want to go and find me over there, feel free, but any other time, just at the UK podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and you will find me. You can also find more information over at ukpodcast.co.uk where you will find my other episodes and you'll you'll also find my blog posts. And quickly before I leave you, I just want to offer you 10% off your CBD products and pre-roll cones. We have some very, very, very exciting products launching this Friday the 23rd. So... By the time this goes out, they'll already be live and launched. So if you're interested in alternative smoking blends to go in your Instant Jane pre-rolled cones, please get in touch with me. You are entitled to 10% off using code UKPC10. So if you want to get hold of your Instant Janes and your alternative tobacco blends, please pop on over to hannabis.co.uk and use code UKPC10 at the checkout and you will receive 10% off your whole order okay all that information will be on my website you'll be able to follow the link place your order get in touch with me I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode I hope it's not been too boring but thank you so much for listening thank you so much for tuning in and stay safe guys but most importantly stay lit